No, I don't think it was enough. And, and, and actually, after the innings, um, Marizan Cup was asked about that and what she thought of the total. And she, and she said she felt they left 20 or 30 runs out there. They could have actually got another 20 or 30. But she did say it was very slow. And, of course, the Bangladesh bowlers bowl slow as well. So it makes it very difficult for scoring, and, and in particular for South Africa, who do generally like the ball coming on. But there's no doubt that they left runs out there. There's a couple of players who would have been disappointed with how they got out. And a couple of players who would have been disappointed with not trying to find a few more singles and try and get the strike rotating a little bit and, and, and trying to put some more runs on the board and put a little bit more pressure on, on, the, on the Bangladesh bowlers. I think South African hearts were in mouths as they watched the Bangladesh openers get to what was at 69 without loss. Uh, what are your thoughts about the way that, that South Africa's attack, South Africa's bowling unit went about the, 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 that first power play, for instance? I actually think they didn't bowl too badly. Um, Ayabong uh, Kaka obviously was brilliant and she stood out. But the first two, the opening bowlers in, in, in Ismail and Cup, they're both coming back from, from pretty serious injuries as well. So they're both still trying to find their rhythm. And Ismail, who certainly was very good on the shorter ball, she was quite attacking and definitely beat the bat a couple of times, showed that her rhythm is not 100% because of the, the couple of front foot no balls that she bowled. So I don't think they bowled badly. I think maybe South Africa missed a trick a little bit with the field placing up front. They could have actually been a little bit more attacking. Uh, and I think I'm, I was actually surprised that they weren't more attacking and actually stamped the authority on the Bangladesh team, especially because, one, the Bangladesh team is obviously ranked a lot lower than South Africa, but they're also making their debut in the tournament as well. So not experienced and not experienced in the format and they haven't played ODIs in quite a long time for them so I'm, I'm surprised that South Africa weren't a little bit more attacking more with field placing than anything else I, I want to focus just a little bit on Ayakaka because if anybody had the opportunity to see her in the domestic series against the West Indies just in the last month or so she seems to be a bowler who's at the height of her powers at the moment Oh, she, I, I think, I think she absolutely is. But I think in many ways also she, she's so underrated. And I've probably said it about, uh, that about five or six times already through, through the, this first match for South Africa because a lot of people would have eyes on Marizan Cup and Shabnin Ishmael. There's no doubt about it because they are world class and, and possibly the best opening pair and certainly have been brilliant for many years for South Africa. But as a result of that, as a result of them being so good, they sort of overshadow um, Ayabongakaka just that little bit. But without Ayabongakaka and what she does as a first-change bowler, I don't think Ishmael and Cup would be even as successful because Kaka takes a lot of pressure off, off the opening pair. They know that if maybe things aren't 100% right, they have a first-change in, in Ayabongakaka who comes in, who's economical, can take wickets as well. So she adds so much to this attack and so much balance to this attack. So I think we, we've sort of not put enough of a spotlight on her performances before. She definitely stood out in that West Indies series. Marzan Cup wasn't playing. So maybe in a way that, that helped her shine even even more. Um, picked up her, her maiden Pfeiffer. And then now to get to 100 wickets and, and be the second fastest for South African one-day internationals it is quite special. Uh, final question, and and we know this is a potent women's team that has gone to this World Cup. It inevitably almost always is. But for them to go deep, the batting unit has to spark consistently. There, there's some really good resources within the 11 that went out today. But, of course, perhaps the missing link is Lizelle Lee. She's been on the sidelines still. What's the status update on her as far as uh, getting back into the, the, the match 11? 
Yeah, she's expected uh, to definitely slot in into the next game because they've actually got a few um, days in between the next game. They're only playing on the 11th against Pakistan, so there's more than enough time for that. They, they will be changing venue, so they'll be moving up to Tauranga, and then it's an opportunity for her to slot into the team, which means she'll go back to opening with Laura Volfart, a very, very good opening partnership those two have. They are destructive up front. They are really difficult to dismiss and they complement each other very well. I'd be interested to see though what South Africa then do with the number three slot more than anything. I think that's where the question marks sort of lie at the moment. Are they going to leave Laura Goodall at three or are they going to maybe even move Brits down to three? So that might be interesting to see what they possibly do from that point of view. But but Lizelle Lee should be slotting straight back into the team barring any any, any injuries or issues um, between now and their next game.